Welcome back to the Smooth Kitty Podcast, you guys. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm really excited to talk to you guys more about skin education and skincare products, modalities, treatments, services, and so on. Continue to listen to gain more education about you and your specific skin type and needs. Good morning, good afternoon, or even good evening, you guys. I'm so happy you guys are here because we get to talk about something a little bit more serious. Well, everything is serious within the skincare industry, but honestly, this is pretty um, important, you guys. We're going to talk about today the causes of skin cancer. And I'm actually going to be working with a new skincare line called PCA Skin care and you guys it's amazing like there's like actual articles and scientific studies done with this skincare products and ingredients that actually show the research that has been done on them and the results and how much better it is for the skin I mean I have used so many other lines before and you guys I will make a pot or sorry an episode on that as well the different skincare lines and which ones I like and which ones I'm going to eventually bring on to my spa once I get that started. But um, today, I actually just wanted to talk about PCA. PCA is actually so good. Um, if you guys, like, it's it's seriously, like, a, one of the best websites I've ever been to just because they have all of, like, the science behind all the skincare. And I know, you guys know, I'm, like, a whore for that. I love education. I love it. It's amazing. Okay, so let's start off with a crazy little article from PCA, you guys. It's in the skin cancer um, page, but like there's just so many statistics in here that I'm like, holy crap, everyone needs to know this. It's, it's nuts. I actually posted it on my story a couple of days ago, and I'm like, everyone just needs to know. I just love it. Okay, so... UVR, which is ultraviolet radiation, is responsible for 90% of all skin cancers and is the most preventable risk factor for this potentially deadly disease. UVR is broken down into three categories, UVC, UVB, and UVA. The proof, the proof, <laughs> the proof of the link between skin cancer and sun exposure dates back to the early 1900s and as the atmospheric ozone depletes, the number of cases increases each year. UVA rays penetrate deep into the dermis and are responsible for the acceleration of aging, also known as ultraviolet aging rays. They are associated with sun exposure. UVB radiation is ultraviolet burning rays. They are primarily affecting the epidermis and is responsible for sunburn and tanning. Both UVA and UVB have been proven to cause DNA damage and mutation, leading to abnormal cell proliferation and cancer. Sunbathing increases this risk significantly. A tan is the visible result of the melanocyte-producing pigment to protect the DNA of the keratinocyte. Upon stimulation from UV rays, the melanocyte transfers packets of pigment to the keratinocytes throughout the epidermis. The melanosomes are distributed as a cap over the nucleus of the cell where the DNA is stored. DNA damage induced by UV rays leads to all forms of skin cancer. Unfortunately, the frequent 
Claims regarding the biological need for sun exposure for vitamin D production can be confusing for a lot of people. And I get it. But like early morning sun exposure is probably the only time that I allow my skin to actually get that vitamin A and vitamin D synthesis in my skin before I put my sunscreen on because morning sunshine is different than afternoon sunshine. Okay. Um, There's no doubt that vitamin D is essential for overall health. Adequate amounts can be obtained through food and milk consumption, vitamin supplementation, and through the amount of sun exposure received during normal daily activities, even while wearing sunscreen. The recommended dose of vitamin D for an adult is about 1,000 international units per day. Additional exposure is never warranted and leads to negative effects, such as accelerated aging, decreased immune function, and skin cancer. In a survey involving 8,000 Americans, 68% that felt that they looked better and healthier with a tan. Same, same. That's how I felt even before I was an esthetician, and I still feel like that, but I'm also like, I don't want to end up as a wrinkly old rag when I am older. So I just don't care if I'm as white as the snow. That's just my opinion. But um, unfortunately, this thought process has the use of artificial UV exposure rising steadily each year. Tanning beds are considered even more dangerous than natural sun exposure because of the strength and type of the UV rays used. Studies show that 20 minutes in a tanning bed is equivalent to two to three hours of natural sun exposure. In addition, tanning beds use not only high amounts of UVA rays, but also more UVB radiation than currently received from the sun. And even UVC rays, which are completely absorbed by the ozone in outdoor exposure. Tanning beds also promote year-round exposure regardless of the season. Undisputable research has linked tanning beds with basal cell, squamous cell, and melanoma skin cancers, and the use of tanning beds is contributing to the staggering skin cancer rates worldwide. The chances of developing melanoma have increased nearly 2,000% in the last 75 years, but nearly 60,000 new cases reported, reported annually. Basal cell carcinoma is not only the most common form of skin cancer, but the most common form of cancer in the U.S. According to SkinCancer.org, more than 9,500 people in the U.S. are diagnosed with skin cancer every day. More than two people die of the disease every hour. These risks have physicians and scientists comparing tanning beds used to cigarettes and lung cancer. And because of this, strictly enforced regulations are likely to be introduced in the near future. Certain states currently limit the use of tanning beds on those under 18 years of age. And for those that are above that age, obviously can do whatever they want because they are adults. Skin cancer is primarily caused by exposure to UV radiation from the sun or artificial sources like tanning beds. Again, tanning beds are being... Um, what is it, compared to cigarettes and lung cancer for just how much cancer they are causing. Isn't that freaking nuts? When I was done reading that whole article, you guys, I was in shock. I was shooketh, shooketh. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm just, that's why I want to like educate you guys about 
UV radiation and tanning and tanning beds and tanning oils. It's just not worth it. I don't think, honestly. And yes, tans do look good with some dresses or even some pants or shorts or whatever. But in the future, you're going to be thanking yourself for not doing that stuff when you were younger. Um, Other factors that contribute to its development include a history of sunburns, fair skin, family history of or skin of skin cancer, weakened immune system, and certain genetic mutations. Um, I actually used to have, I mean, get a lot of sunburns when I was younger, and I would definitely try to keep applying sunscreen after I was an esthetician, and then I realized that water-resistant and, um, what's the other one? water resistant and it I don't remember I always don't remember the other one what it's called but I'm like gonna know what it's excuse me called in like the middle of when I'm not talking about water but there is no such thing as anything with sunscreen being water resistant or geez, it's just it's not gonna happen as soon as you put that sunscreen on and you jump on the water, boom, it's gone. Don't you ever notice when you jump into the water and then you see all that oil coming off of your skin? Yeah, that's the sunscreen. So just uh, keep in mind with that. That's just something to remember. But literally when I'm like boating with my family or just in the water, I normally wait like 30 minutes before I go back in the water when my sunscreen has actually dried on the skin instead of just jumping in because, again, it's not water resistant. It's just going to come right off and then you're going to get, like, red like a lobster. And I'm sure you don't want that because that freaking hurts. And your skin is inflamed and then sleeping with a sunburn is even worse and it's hot as frick. Oh, geez, I can't even talk about it. It's the worst. Um, But, yeah, there's just so many other other factors that contribute to cancer's development, including all those things, okay? It's important to protect your skin from excessive sun exposure and undergo regular screenings to detect skin cancer early. Although, you guys, I am not a dermatologist, I do, and other estheticians, however, have trainings on catching skin cancer spots on the skin. We have been taught, in theory, the types of cancer, including melanoma, basal cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma, and actinic keratosis. As estheticians, we see our clients much more regularly than a client will see their medical provider. We can be key in noting a skin change and referring to the, the client to a dermatologist for diagnosis and treatment. But if you guys need some more information, you can always contact the American Cancer Society or go to www.cancer.org or call 800-ACS-2348. Melanoma is a malignancy of the melanocyte, usually darkly pigmented. This is the most dangerous form of skin cancer due to its ability to metastasize and spread to lymph nodes, blood, distant tissues, and organ systems. If detected and treated early while it is still thin, melanoma can typically be cured. If left untreated, however, the malignancy may grow downward from the skin surface and invade healthy tissues. Once it spreads, melanoma can be extremely difficult to treat and often leads to death. Because it is made of pigment-producing cells, a.k.a. Melanocytes. 
Melanoma is darker in color and may be raised or even with the skin surface. As estheticians, we often refer to the A, B, C, D, E's of melanoma detection chart for examples of characteristics to look for in the melanoma. If any more has any of these characteristics or is changing in size, shape, color, or texture, they should be evaluated by a dermatologist. And we'll go over the A, B, C, D, and E's and what they mean. Um, Non-melanoma skin cancer is a malignant growth of the epidermal keratinocytes, typically originates from the squamous cell of the spinous layer, which is the squamous cell carcinoma or basal layers of the, or basal cell carcinoma. So the spinous layer would be the stratum spinosum, which is where the squamous cell carcinoma is formed. And then basal layer would be the basal cell carcinoma is formed forming in the stratum germinativum or the basal stratum basal. Like that's the bottom most epidermal layer. And does not involve melanocytes. If I didn't make sense right there, I am so sorry. Let me, I can say it again, but um, yeah, let me do that really quick. If you guys don't want to hear that again, because I was kind of confusing, I get it. So just fast forward. But um, squamous cell carcinoma will sprout in the stratum spinosum layer of the epidermis. If you guys haven't listened to my layers of the skin and you don't know what the stratum lucidum, stratum germinativum, spinosum layer is, just go listen to that and you'll get a sense of what that layer does. And then the stratum germinativum or stratum basal is the lowest layer of the epidermis and that's where the basal layer or sorry, the basal cell carcinoma originally is going to sprout up. Um, Once again, basal cell carcinoma is the most common form of skin cancer in the U.S. If you have or have not been diagnosed with basal or squamous cell skin cancer or are worried about it, learning some basics is a good place to start. Cancers of the skin, most of which are basal and squamous cell skin cancers, are by far the most common types of skin cancer. According to one estimate, about 5.4 million basal and squamous cell skin cancers are diagnosed each year in the U.S. About 8 out of 10 of those are basal cell cancers. Squamous cell cancers are way less often. Presentation can be as simple as a tiny clear or flesh-colored bump or may be more apparent, such as an open sore or shiny red, pink, brown, or black lesion that could be mistaken for a mole. It is considered the most benign form of skin cancer as it grows the slowest and is most likely to metastasize. Although basal cell carcinoma rarely spreads to surrounding tissues, making fatality rate exceptionally low, removal can lead to scarring. Um, basal cell carcinoma is usually developed on areas exposed to the sun, especially on the face, head, and neck, but they can occur anywhere on the body. If you see any of the following, definitely give yourself a skin exam or also make sure your doctor knows about those location if they have any of the following. Some basal cell carcinomas can come up as flat firm, pale, or yellow areas, which are similar to a scar. Some can be raised, reddish patches that might be itchy. 
small pink or red translucent shiny pearl bumps which might have blue brown or black areas pink with raised edges with a lower area and their center which might contain abnormal blood vessels spreading out like a spoke of a wheel or open sores which may have been oozing or crusted areas that don't heal or that heal and then come back. Also note that basal cell cancers are often fragile and might bleed after shaving or after a minor injury. A simple rule of thumb is that most shaving cuts heal within a week or so. So if it doesn't heal, then you know. Um, there are actually a ton of questions that I get, but also there are a ton of questions on the website, the American Cancer Society, um, about the different skin cancers and if they can be found early. With basal or squamous cell skin cancers, yes, they can. They will be extremely easier to treat, and so here are some ways to help you detect them on yourself. Give yourself a skin self-exam. I know it's kind of hard to examine yourself, but many doctors recommend checking your skin preferably once a month. Make sure to be in a well-lit room in front of a full-length mirror. For those areas that are harder to use, use a hand to see, use a handheld mirror. Don't overlook the smaller areas of the body, including palms and soles, scalp, ears, nails, and your back. Any spots on the skin that are new or changing in size, shape, or color should be checked out by a doctor. Any unusual sore, lump, blemish, marking, or changing the way an area of the skin looks or feels may be a sign of skin cancer or a warning that it might occur. Um, a warning example would be an area being a little red, swollen, scaly, crusty, or begin using, begin oozing or bleeding. My apologies. It also may feel itchy, tender, or painful. Basal and squamous cell cancer can look like a variety of marks on the skin. Many of the warning signs would be a new growth, a spot or bump that's getting larger over time, or a sore, sore sorry, that doesn't heal within a few weeks. But if you do go see an esthetician, they normally should discover changes in the skin due to seeing their clients more often than going to an actual doctor or even dermatologist. Squamous cell carcinoma primarily affects the superficial layer of the epidermis. This type of skin cancer has a red, rough, or flaky appearance and causes skin thickening of the skin. Ulcerations may occur in causing chronic open sores. Approximately 97% of a squamous cell carcinoma does not spread. However, if metastasis occurs, scarring or disfigurement or even death is possible. Okay. Also, something to look for if uh, you are giving yourself a skin self-exam. You notice rough or red scaly patches with crusts or bleeding, raised growths or lumps, sometimes with a lower area in the center, open sores which may have oozing or crusted areas that don't heal or that heal and then come back. And then wart-like growths is going to be probably squamous cell carcinoma. But again, I'm not a dermatologist or a doctor, but um, we're going to talk about actinic keratosis. 
This is a pre-skin cancer. It is an abnormal growth resulting from over sun exposure to UV rays and if left untreated can develop into squamous cell carcinoma. Their appearance is rough and scaly and can be tan, red, pink, or flesh-colored. Studies show that up to 60% of squamous cell carcinoma begins as actinic keratosis that was never treated. Actinic keratosis can be treated by physicians in several ways, including cryotherapy, which is freezing, cutterage, photodynamic therapy, surgical excisions, and topical destructive cream medications. Clinical studies have also shown chemical peels such as the Jesner solution and TCA preparations to be effective treatments as well. Both Jesner peels and trichloroacetic acid peels can be used to help with actinic keratosis. A, um, and here's how they work. Okay, A Jesner's peel is a medium depth chemical peel that typically combines ingredients like salicylic acid, lactic acid, and resorcinol. It works by exfoliating the outer layers of the skin, promoting the shedding of damaged skin cells and stimulating the growth of new, healthier skin. The exfoliation process can help remove or reduce the appearance of actinic keratosis lesions by encouraging the turnover of effective skin cells. A TCA peel, which is the trichloroacetic acid, peels are stronger chemical peels that penetrate deeper into the skin than a Jesner's peel. TCA peels also exfoliate the skin and stimulate collagen production, which can lead to smoother and healthier skin. In the case of actinic keratosis, TCA peels can target the abnormal cells and promote their removal as the treated skin peels off. Both types of peels essentially encourage, encourage the skin to renew itself by shedding damaged layers and allowing healthier skin to emerge. However, it's important to remember that the effectiveness of these treatments can vary depending on the severity of the actinic keratosis and the individual skin type. Additionally, these peels should be performed by trained professionals as the concentration and application technique need to be carefully managed to avoid complications. Before considering any treatment for actinic keratosis, again, it's best to consult a dermatologist who can evaluate your specific situation and recommend the most appropriate approach to your skin condition. So let's take a look now up at the ABCDEs of melanoma detection. A is for symmetry, meaning half is unlike the other. B is for border. We are looking for irregular, blurred, or even scalloped-looking moles or pigments on the skin that could resemble skin cancer. C is for color. Colors varies from one area to another or is blue to black. D is for diameter. Larger than one-fourth inch, which is the size of a pencil eraser. And E is for evolution, any change in size, shape, color, texture, or elevation. Um, but I also do want to let you guys know that as estheticians, there's actually a newer career within the industry and a newer field of study within the aesthetics career, which is really cool. I'm not interested in it, but there may be others. It's called Oncology Aesthetics. This is a medical niche that has emerged and you have to be certified within the Oncology Aesthetics line. As, as everyone knows and understands, oncology is the medical study of cancer, its causes, and treatments. 
Treating skin that has been exposed to radiation and chemotherapy requires a depth of knowledge beyond basic aesthetics. The skin can be much more fragile and reactive. Additionally, you don't want to provide any treatment or skincare products that could be contraindicated with their cancer treatment. Clients with cancer still need the healing benefits of touch and can additionally benefit from skincare treatments that are soothing and calming. But if you guys have any more questions about any of the skin cancers or any of like the, um, what's it called? Clinical studies that have been discussed, I can definitely give you guys those pages or even URLs so that you guys can see the results as well. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast and go follow me on Instagram at the underscore smooth kitty to gain more education about skin, skincare, and content on waxing. If you have any more questions, please feel free to reach out. See you next time.